0: Hello, 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 Power Kids, and welcome to another Power Kid podcast. I'm your host, Phil Albritton, and every episode, it is my pleasure, joy, and honor to bring you great conversations with great people from all over the world, making great things and great opportunities for kids. I am so excited to have Pam Mastroda and Andy Weiner on the show today. Uh, I want to share with you the work that they're doing, that the industry is doing to support families and children in the Ukraine, and just extremely excited to have them on. Let me introduce you to them. Pam is the executive director of the Toy Foundation, and Andy is the chairman of the board. They are both skilled industry veterans. The Toy Foundation operates under the umbrella of the Toy Association to provide Philanthropic support and vital play to children and families under stress and in dire situations around the world. They are responsible for maintaining and evaluating all aspects of the Toy Foundation's operations, programs, administration, relationships, and fundraising practices. We're going to discuss a broad overview of that topic at first, but we're going to be focusing on their current efforts to support the families of Ukraine. Pam, Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Happy to be here. So glad to have you. Uh, it's an extremely important topic, uh, not just because of current events, which obviously are, are critical and dire, but because of some of the things that you've been involved with in the past. And I, off air, uh, I, I was I was thanking you both for your work with Make a Wish. You both have a background working with with Make a Wish, and I have a sister that has a genetic disorder called Rett syndrome, and she was able to go to Disney World with my family and just enjoy. That, that wonderful, wonderful opportunity uh, that you no doubt helped uh, to put in place. So wanted to thank you for that and, and welcome you to the show. Thank You're you most so much. Welcome. Of course, of course. Uh, let, let's get into it. Uh, we start how we start every episode. Uh, Pam, you first. How did you get started in the toy industry?
1: Oh, thank you so much, Phil, for asking. Um, I've spent the better part of my the last two decades of my career really helping scale nonprofit organizations, particularly in terms of their charitable impact. So involving programming, development, operation initiatives, and growing those nonprofits. Um, So in my most recent role um, as the COO at Make-A-Wish, and I was so happy to hear about your sister's wish. Um, we in, in that role, I led operations um, and built programs, but one very specific initiative I worked on was really helping to grow their volunteers in underserved communities. And volunteers are critical in that mission, um, reducing the wait time for, for children to get their wishes granted. So I've been, the heart of my work has been in children's charities. Um, When this opportunity came up at the Toy Foundation, I really jumped in and I'm so excited to work with our leadership. Andy has been an incredible board chair to work with in my career of 20 years of working with boards. Um, He is so passionate as is the board. So I am very new to the industry, um, only eight months in this position But I can say without hesitation, it's my most challenging position, but so excited to work in this incredibly generous and philanthropic industry, which we're seeing with our um, most recent campaign, which we'll touch on as well.
0: Mm, that's so good to hear. As it relates to other industries you, you've worked in and worked, you know, tried to drum up volunteer support. Uh, how is the toy industry treating you? I'm I'm curious. Where, where do we uh, range on that scale? I I hope we're high. I hope we're generous and, and we're there to to help. Is is that been the case?
1: Oh, it's absolutely been the case. So generous and being a member of the Toy Association leadership team, um, working with our CEO, Steve Preserve. There's so many opportunities to engage the industry. And that's really my role is to um, be a part of this uh, incredible industry and the philanthropic work that they do working with foundation executives Uh, industry as a whole. So I would have to say it's the most welcome I have felt in any organization as a whole um, and so much more to come. So I'm very excited to be here.
0: Wonderful. I, I've always found it to be a most charitable industry, and so I'm glad that uh, that my speculations are confirmed there. Andy, what about yourself? Now, you are absolutely no stranger to the toy industry, uh, a long history, uh, Dan Bucky and associates toying around, and uh, many, many other things that you've been involved with. Uh, take it away. How did you get started?
2: Well, actually, the place that I entered the industry was with the Milton Bradley Company, uh, and I ended up going to work there. Uh, my first real volunteer was I was a volunteer firefighter uh, back out east uh, where I grew up. And I had a commercial uh, license because I could drive fire engines. So on the side, when I was looking for you know work as a student and such, um, I ended up in transportation jobs in uh, trucking industry. And so uh, when I heard that Milton Bradley had an opening in their transportation department... My first job in the industry was the overshortened damage clerk for the Milton Bradley company, which was quite an interesting <laughs> job, right? dealing with damaged toys and uh, lost freight. And my career you know, took me from uh, home offices. And at that point, uh, Milton Bradley was still independently owned and hadn't been bought by Hasbro yet. Uh, they started moving me around the company and ultimately uh, ended up in St. Louis as the Southwest regional sales manager for Bradley. So I've sold uh, my fair share of shoots and ladders in Candyland and operation. And when you talk to people and say, what kind of business are you in? I mean, the toy business, it doesn't take too long for them to make the connection that I'm in the toy business. When I tell them I sold, you know, millions of pieces of Yahtzee in my life. Um, and I left uh, Milton Bradley in the early 80s, uh, as you mentioned, uh, to go to uh, Dan Bucky um, When the industry was starting to evolve its relationship in Asia and with manufacturing I had the opportunity to, uh, to to work and partner with some really great companies that today are are, are still real powerhouses. Um, we represented the original Playmates company long before those ever turtles. Um, my firm today still actively engaged in uh, Playmates business, and we're about to launch turtles again. So I've had a real great opportunity to work um, on the startups with a lot of really great companies and partnered and. Got to know uh, a wide range of uh, of people across the industry, both on the retail side as well as on the manufacturing side. Uh, having launched brands like Tech Deck and um, Water Babies, to name to name a few. So I'm I'm really been privileged that I've spent my entire career, um, 47 plus years, literally, uh, inside the toy industry. So good. Such a rich, rich history. And uh, I may
0: have to have you back on the show, Andy, to talk specifically about some of that that history, the Milton Bradley and all of the things that you've been involved with. Um, I want to lay a foundation for our conversation today. Obviously, we are uh, involved in in making sure that children around the world have the toys and, and the playthings things and, and the aid in that way to help them through uh, these, these troubling situations all mm-hmm. over the world. Oh, I I want to take a... step back and let's talk about the importance of play. Of course the Toy Association and its Genius of Play initiative, I'm a part of that as well. And so all three of us really understand the importance of play, the critical nature of play as it relates to children's development. But I want to give you both the floor to talk about uh, maybe some personal stories but why play is important to you how you've seen play change and develop the lives of, of the youngest among us uh, Pam, the importance of play. Take it away.
1: Sure. Thank you. Um, well, that is what we believe. Um, certainly our organization, we believe in a world where every child has the opportunity to experience um, comfort, joy, and really the extraordinary physical, emotional, and um, educational benefits of play. And you mentioned Genius of Play, and that's a core program of the association. That The foundation is also funded Um, part of their work as well. So when I look at, you know, just in my career as well and working with children um, but clearly in this space, play is so much to do with um, building imagination and creativity and fostering healthy cognitive growth. And in the programs we've created in the last couple of years, we're funding grants that offer the opportunity for children to reduce anxiety and boost their joy and happiness. So we are so committed um, to ensuring that we can get access, um, give access to children all over the globe um, which we'll talk about too in a little bit, but we're very excited about mm-hmm. being able to partner with the industry um, and sharing our vision and our mission really to serve and support children and allowing them to experience um, play. There's, there's just seeing what the work is done in my nonprofit career with children. Uh, there's, there's so many benefits um, and we're wanting to promote it on so many different levels to encourage You know, even on the physical side, physical fitness from building reflexes to developing balance, excuse me, growing strong muscles. Uh, This is part of our hospital program that we'd love to talk about too in a little bit.
0: Of course, of course. You you mentioned anxiety, and that is a topic that is coming up more and more. And I think it's just critical that the toy industry understands um, how we can help, that toys really do reduce the anxiety of kids. And this isn't just local to uh, any particular event or circumstance around the globe, especially coming out of the pandemic. There is a buildup of anxiety around kids. We've put them in masks. We've separated them from their peers. And out of that has grown this anxiety. And so extremely focused in, in my research on how, how do we alleviate that? What are the toys that reduce the anxiety to, to great degree? Um, Andy, what about that? Importance of play? Is anxiety on the top of your list? What what other comments there?
2: Well, I've been um, fortunate in my, my career, uh, even outside of the toy industry. But uh, when you tell people you're in a toy business, somehow uh, you get recruited to do other kinds of work. But I served uh, as a chairman on the board of an organization that's headquartered in Minneapolis called Children's Cancer Research Fund. And we're partnered with the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital, one of the world's leading uh, hospitals for bone marrow transplant uh, involved with Make-A-Wish. And one of the docs, uh, when I asked them once upon a time, you know, what drives them they used the one word and they said, well, at the very least we provide hope. And when you look at how the toy industry connects with hope, when we're providing toys to uh, hospitals or to uh, children who have suffered uh, a tragedy like even just a flooding that happened down in Texas, we're providing them with an avenue to give them even just a moment of affection by hugging a plush toy, uh, a few moments of imaginative play, when playing with a girl's collectible, uh, an opportunity to lose their mind by putting a few bricks together and actually getting the joy of watching a pile of bricks turn into a an object that you know that they're that they're really excited to to own now. So the the wonderful thing about what we do is that you know, while it's a very, it's been very successful for me and it's left me to a a wonderful life. Um, And I've, you know, watched play because I have six grandchildren now again, but we provide the opportunity for children to retreat into a place that they own. And there's something, you know, I'm sure that there's medical definitions, but you talk about anxiety it's those few moments where they retreat from all of the outside surroundings and all the negative things about them that they can just dive into the joys of owning something that's their own or creating something that's their own, um, emulating a character that you know seems to be nothing but fun. And it provides a, a place of joy that we as an industry have to own, that that's what we do And that's what we're obligated to try to do no matter what the circumstances that any child uh, witnesses. So, um, you know, it's sort of inbred in in what I do and our industry by purpose, you know, while, while we've got publicly held companies and we've got VCs that own our businesses, the fact of the matter is that what we do day in and day out is provide a place for children to get a retreat from all the things that go around in this world that we're not quite ready for them to enter into.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it it strikes me. You talked about building blocks, and so many of these disasters that we talk about um, really just do tear down. Whether it's a hurricane or tornadoes that come through, uh, buildings are are collapsing, or, or frankly, bombs that are going off in, in in your hometown. Buildings are coming down. Giving a child a set of building blocks to let them build up very impactful, just very, very strong to let them disappear into that world and build upwards in a stressful time when uh, when the buildings around them are falling. Um, I, I think there's there's something very, very, very poignant there. Uh,
2: I had done, pardon me one second. I, I had done of course. some personal um, work several years ago about, um, you know, trying to, to, to be a better human. Um, and it's, a lot of the things were about- uh, if you don't speak it or you don't express it, it doesn't really exist. It just sort of batters around in your head and you can't ever really address it until it comes out. And I don't know if you saw the uh, article that was written about a week or so ago and it got national publication about how art supplies and pencils and crayons are finding their way to the Ukraine and kids are expressing their pent up emotions with their crayons and their uh, colored pencils. And there, this article went on to talk about how absolutely important it is for these children to move past and move on by actually being able to get these expressions of emotions out on the paper and actually have somebody share with them what's in their minds. It, it was pretty powerful uh, piece. I know I had sent it to Pam. Wonderful. Exactly.
0: It's that allowing the child to get those emotions out, to express those, critically important. So let's let's talk in particular about Ukraine. Uh, again, it is a fluctuating situation, uh, and I want to try to make sure I have the most up-to-date information. As of March 30th, 145 children have died, 222 more wounded. Uh The bombing has damaged 790 educational institutions, 75 of those completely destroyed, over 4 million Ukrainians fleeing the war, uh, 90% of those are women and children. Um, Numbers do not do the justice. Just those those words coming out of my mouth really do not do justice to uh, what is happening there, but just to give us some context of the importance right now of – alleviating some of this stress heartbreak uh, that's happening. So tell us about what you know is happening with the children in the Ukraine and some of the things that you're doing to help Pam.
1: Yes. Thank you, Phil. Um, you know, I just had a call this morning um, that I've been given permission to share with you, but um, with the CEO of the Ukrainian Toy Association, um, and he's also CEO of another a company in Ukraine. And, you know, I feel like we are really having an ear to the ground with what's happening. Um, and it's not just now and in this moment in the last month of um, this tragedy, but clearly this will be a long term need for Ukraine. And in learning more from him and one of his colleagues was actually in a shelter and she was on video with us and had to come off video. Um, and it was, it was upsetting, you know, to, to see and to hear firsthand the displacement of families, um, who were now, he is actually changed and pivoted his career from the association side to using his warehouses. He's got two warehouses to have 200, um, house 200, mostly women and children to your earlier point. Um, So everything is needed at this point. And when we talked about toys and product and cash donations, uh, the needs are immediate, um, primarily for medical also, but food and shelter as people also move into refugee camps. But he's on the ground in Ukraine and his colleague and are so committed um, to their country and the pride in their country and to help their community um, so just in speaking with him today, we also met with the CEO of Rise Elk, which is another Ukrainian toy company that we did an, an article on LinkedIn just to highlight what the challenges are on the ground. So we are excited to, be, um, to rally the industry and the North America side uh, with Alan Hassenfeld's support and wanting us to really get as much as we can from the toy industry to support. So to date. Um, Phil, we've raised 2.8 million in um, cash and product, and have had really um, solicitation of the global play community getting involved um, with our company. Certainly here um, in the states, but their offices, if you will, and, and sites in on the European side. So, uh, we're so heartened to see others in the toy community offer their assistance. And there's so much to do, uh, and they're coming up with really innovative ways also of fundraising. Um, we have a company, Crazy Irons, who's putting out a product and it's branded with the foundation logo. It's going to hit Amazon next week um, and their website and we'll promote it and that we hope to raise dollars. So the industry is showing up in so many different ways um, and we're wanting to engage and get as many people involved as possible. I'll give Andy a chance to respond as well.
2: Yeah. And I think the, one of the things that that's important and part of our mission is to amplify the fact that as an industry, collectively, the foundation is doing its efforts. But I think it's been well publicized that uh, Lego uh, contributed something like 16 and a half million US dollars uh, to relief efforts. Mattel made an announcement um, on the millions of dollars that, that, that they're putting into the relief. Um, MGA has also done, and I don't want to leave anybody out because I know that Hasbro, but the fact is that most and many of our companies, uh, certainly the ones that have uh, uh, high profiles like Spin Master and Just Play, are all making their own independent efforts to contribute to this worldwide tragedy. But I could tell you that a good portion of those companies have also, in addition, jumped in to help the foundation so that we could actually uh, stand in a uh, unified message that you know we, as an industry, are going to do must we can to help support these children uh, in this horrible con- uh, crisis. That's very encouraging to hear. As
0: with any relief effort or donations that we make, we we all want to be comfortable that those are going to the right place, that those are secure, that those are going towards the initiative that uh, that we want it to go towards. And so, I, I want to ask a question about how do you vet your national, international partners? What would you say to the toy companies out there that um, that you just want to bring peace to them and let them know that their donations are going to the the right place. they will find their uh, way to the hands of children and they will go towards the effort.
1: Yes, we, we're, we have a pretty um, significant uh, vetting process and we've partnered with a company um, in terms of the distribution of product. Um, So they're working to deliver product um, really with the help of three international organizations, and many of those have had relationships with the foundation in the past. So Operation Compassion is a longtime partner, international partner, Heart for Orphans, um, also actively shipping and distributing products. Um, and really, Convey of Home is another organization that's handling and delivering large donations. And in speaking with um, the Ukrainian Toy Association this morning, too, we've we've gotten some great information in terms of ensuring the product gets to Ukraine specifically. Um, too, there are some challenges. Logistics are also um, a bit of a hurdle. But there's, you know, we've been have been a challenge for the past year. But as resources are limited, supply chain obviously has been an issue for a couple of years now, um, costs rising. But we are working uh, with partnering with those organizations to get product. And of course, on the financial cash contribution side, those organizations are also being vetted as well. So we should have a decision by our campaign leadership by next week to start distribution. Um, And all of those will be vetted with our board. Um, Grants Committee, as well as um, those that have led the campaign externally.
0: Wonderful. Andy, how can companies become involved? Who do they need to reach out to? Uh, What kind of donations are you looking for? What is it like for the toy industry to really just come out in force and help this effort?
2: Well, our website um, has a uh, a, a place on the currently exhibits where people can get involved that way. Uh, Certainly, they can reach out directly to Pam through the foundation, uh, and we are working with her staff uh, to connect people to uh, where donations of product can go. Um, And while cash is, you know, often very easy, uh, you know, I I, I talked about the fact that you know, putting a doll in a child's hands. um, We have a partner. Uh, crazy Art, who has uh, donated a significant amount of art supplies, and those are moving. So we're, we're pretty much open to taking whatever from whoever, um, and we'll make sure that it gets there and it gets in the right hands. But the best place is either through our website or to call the foundation office directly and, and reach out to Pam. Um, and she has uh, several members of her staff are also taking care of that. But any of the toy industry uh, partners who potentially could be listening to this, um, those of you that know me, please, you, you know how to find me, Andy at ToyingAround.com. I'm happy to make the connection to whatever we need to do to to get you engaged. Pam, we talked off air that the, the Toy Foundation exists to connect
0: the industry, to support the industry, and help them to connect with these uh, with these efforts. Uh, what would you like to add to that? How can toy companies reach out and help?
1: Absolutely. To Andy's point, um, they could email me directly at pmastroda at toyfoundation.org or give me a call. Um, You could look on the website. I'm happy to give my number here as well. I just wanted to add in terms of product that we're collecting to outside of toys, we have had companies reach out to us also, toy companies, and said, we've got clothing, we've got jackets or backpacks or sheets and blankets, as long as things are new. Um, And we're also just had a recent donation of medical support. Supplies. So, any one of those things, um, we're happy to help coordinate. And I have to say, we're working with an organization, Gear the World, that's helping us move product. And there's nothing that's sitting on docks. You know, people are packing up from their warehouses, getting you know these pallets of toys to from the west coast to the east coast, and then we're transferring it over to overseas. So, uh, anything we can do, um, I'm happy to talk to people about um, any any contribution that they'd like to make.
2: Yeah, we had a a really a, what's really made this wonderful is that uh, Viacom, uh, Nickelodeon, put together a, a project that they made a significant contribution, and they put all their employees or you know those that wanted to volunteer. So we actually saw great pictures of how um, our member companies would come together. And you know, and and I don't, I don't want to be um, short-sighted. And there's so many companies that you know have got high-profile, you know, Melissa and Doug, uh, Jazzwares, Radio Flyer, Moose—they're all lined up to help. And um, when you get that kind of breadth across the industry, um, it it's such a great example because there are a lot of smaller companies that probably would do at you know, uh, in scale the same type of help. They just don't know how to do it. Which I'm hoping this podcast reaches out to some of those same companies now and understand that you know, we're all in this as a fraternity of, um, of toy makers
0: absolutely I- indeed it will yes i would encourage all the listeners reach out to andy reach out to pam uh start the conversation about what you can do to help large or small companies uh we're all chipping in together to uh, to make this happen uh andy after uh, many years you're still putting out fires <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. pam, <laughs> you're, you're still making wishes come true i uh, just mm-hmm. thank you so much for both of your efforts uh, in regard to this uh thank you for coming on the show and sharing the wonderful things i you you, know, you mentioned that number 2.8 million that is uh, a million more than my most recent data that, that i pulled so congratulations mm-hmm. we're really moving the needle in the right direction uh andy pam thank you so much for coming on just so much appreciate what you are doing and uh want the toy industry to come out and help and uh, as you said this is a long-term situation and so we can be helping for for many many years to come so thank you both
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I just, can I say one last thing, Phil? Absolutely, Andy, yes. Is that, you know, while the Ukraine uh, is, in a, is, a, is a moment in time, and hopefully we're going to get past this, the foundation um, still is very rooted in taking care of um, kids here in America. Um, our, you know, we gave a, a significant amounts of money to providing meals for kids that were going hungry during the pandemic. And uh, I just wanna make sure that that our members of the foundation come away from this call recognizing that day in and day out, we're in the backyards of every, uh, we're trying to get in the backyards of every one of our uh, foundation and our association members by serving their hospitals and uh, whatever other uh, relief efforts that may need to uh, be addressed, but uh, our, our work is not done, and we're, we're hoping that our future of our foundation is that wherever children we need uh, to see an opportunity for joy and comfort in their world, the foundation can be there for them. That's
0: it. That's it. Well said. Play is universal. It is the gift that, that benefits uh, whoever it is given to. And we didn't touch on it, but adults need to play as well, uh, wherever they are in the world and wherever, whatever they are going through. Uh, so, again, just so much appreciate the efforts of both of you. And thank you for coming on today. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Power Kid podcast don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode leave five stars and a written review as this helps us connect with more listeners just like you once you're subscribed you'll be able to check out the other shows from adventure media and events and a big thank you to them they are the publishers of the toy book the toy insider and the pop insider we've got you covered on all toy industry news and events this show is produced by power kid design and development We are a full-service toy and game development studio serving the industry for more than 20 years. We provide illustration, branding, packaging, sculpting, prototyping, consulting, and much more. Check out PowerKidDesign.com or email me at Phil at PowerKidDesign.com. Now go out and make something great, and remember you are creative because you were created. God bless, and I'll see you next episode.